Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Rolling with Disadvantage, the D&D podcast where we won't be playing D&D. As always, I'm your host, Tyler. And I am your co-host with zero modifier on all stats till... Tens? All tens. Oh, well. If you're new to the show, Rolling with Disadvantage is our podcast where we argue, debate, and scream into the void ah! about various aspects of D&D 5th edition. Um, feel free to join the conversation by tweeting us at RWD Podcast. Uh, okay, so I feel like we've got some good ones in that bowl. I I know for a fact there's one that I really want to do. Oh, me too. Um, so real quick though, the bowl of topics out of ga- in a game. Yes. What would the bowl of topics be? Like in game? Yeah, if we made a bowl of topics as a magic it, it, item, it would be a sort of deck of many things, but it would just be like topic cards. You could pull one out and it would like charm a person into talking about that particular yeah, thing. Yeah, that'd be kind of funny. Huh. Huh. All right, go ahead. <laughs> today, and only for today, we have enforcing background rules. Is it awesome? Weight, food, weather, etc. Background rules. So, when coming up with that topic, the first one that comes to mind is carrying capacity. Carrying capacity. Carrying capacity. Encumbrance. Encumbrance. Right? Yes. Rules for carrying capacity as they stand in D&D are what? Ten times your strength score? I believe so. Let me just double check because luckily uh, D&D Beyond keeps track of all that stuff for you. I think it's ten times your strength score. it tells you whenever you go over it. Is your carry, is lift off ground (laughs) and push along ground is 20 times your strength score? Okay. So lifting your strength score determines the amount of weight you can bear. The following terms define what you can lift or carry. Mm -hmm. Carrying capacity. Your carrying capacity is your strength score multiplied by 15. This is the weight in pounds that you can carry, which is high enough that most characters don't usually have to worry about it. Your push, drag, or lift. You can push, drag, or lift a weight in pounds up to twice your carrying capacity. While pushing or dragging weight in excess of your carrying capacity, your speed drops to five feet. Size and strength larger creatures can bear more weight, whereas tiny creatures can carry less. Okay. For each size category above medium, double the car- creature's carrying capacity and the amount it can push, drag, or lift for a tiny creature have these. Well, that's a side note. It's an interesting thing in terms of physics. However, let's just do some basic math. Go here, get it. Right? Yep. 10 strength score. 10 strength score. I can carry 150, 150 pounds. pounds. Seems reasonable. So, uh, when... In fact... Uh, the character I'm looking at right now has exactly that, a 10 strength score, mm-hmm. and they're currently carrying 106.2 pounds. A Marine's a marine's pack does not weigh 150 pounds. Uh, Marine's pack. Wait. A United States Marine's Iraq and Afghanistan carrying pack was between 60 and 100 pounds. Yes. I feel like carrying that much weight, 150 pounds. Mm-hmm. Would put you at a like at in the red all the time. Well, now what I will say to this is the pack that they are describing mm-hmm. there is literally what is on their back. It, that is not. I don't in, know if it includes their gun. I don't believe it includes their weapon. So their main weapon, their sidearm, or the vest, the, the mm-hmm. armor vest that they wear. I think it does. I don't think it does. I'm pretty sure that it's just the pack on their back that they're describing. Okay. But. In D&D terms, you do have your armor on, you're carrying multiple weapons, mm-hmm. and then you've got your pack, maybe you have something on your side like rope, you've got maybe, you know, 
pittons or something. So you can spread out the weight, and it's I think that spread of weight that helps justify carrying that much. All right. So let's just let's bring this into a more reasonable perspective. My strength is eight. Okay. My carrying capacity is one hundred and twenty pounds. I have no problem just walking around with one hundred and twenty pounds. I don't get tired from walking around with one hundred and twenty pounds. I think it depends on how you carry it. I'm I'm wearing a Kevlar vest yeah. and some. I mean, yes, a, you'll get tired. That's, that's why people have to rest in game. Yeah, but they don't have to rest any more than a normal commoner has to rest who's not carrying 120 pounds. That's true, right? But you're an adventurer. You're you're a hero. That's a fair point. These so are, these are heroic right. characters. So now here's the question related to the topic, right? Enforcing background rules is it awesome? Like if I if, if should I be checking in with my players? Like, hey man, what the fuck are you carrying? Um, so yes to that. I, I actually do agree with that. Um, unless they, the problem is that typically after level five, you've got a bag of holding. Which has its own carrying or capacity. A, I understand, but it essentially that takes away a lot of the issue. Mm -hmm. Any kind of magical carrying takes away a lot of the carrying too much issue. Correct. But it, it also complicates the issue because once you have acquired enough gems and jewels and stuff you're going to reach that 300 pound capacity for the bag of holding yeah and then the bag of holding weighs what 25 pounds 300 pounds is a lot of equipment 300 pounds is so uh, i'm going to go through this list of, for this character that yes. has 106 pounds yes they have 20 arrows each weighing a pound apparently or the pack itself weighs a pound uh the backpack itself weighs five pounds the clothes that i have on my back weigh four pounds my crossbow bolts weigh 1.5 pounds. My crossbow weighs 3 pounds. My crowbar weighs 5 pounds. Hammer, 3 pounds. Hunting trap, 25 pounds. Longbow, 2 pounds. Pittens, 2.5 pounds. Rapier, 2 pounds. Rations, 20 pounds. Rope, 10 pounds. Short sword, 2 pounds. Studded leather, 13 pounds. Water skin, 5 pounds. That's just 106 pounds. Yes. So triple that to fill up a bag of holding. All right, actually, okay, so here's the thing. The bag can hold up to 500 pounds. Okay, so oh, so Christ. quintuple you fit, that. You can fit nine bags, nine full plate suits of armor in a bag of holding. Yeah, nine. Yeah, Jesus Christ. So I think is a bag of holding explicitly designed to ignore carrying capacity. I think it's designed to make it so that people don't have to worry about it because it is a very tedious thing to worry right. about. So it's like, all right, DM, are you tired? Are you tired of checking in with your players? Yes. Do you not want to bother with carrying Especially capacity? Especially coins. You should try bag of holding. Especially coins. Yes. Coins, coins, I think the weight. agreed upon weight for coins is 50 coins weighs a pound. 50 coins, that's exactly right. 50 coins weighs one pound. So then, if my carrying capacity is 150 pounds 150, yeah. times 50, that's 7,500 coins, or is it 75,000 coins? Mm. Hold on, math is hard for math, us noobs. Math, give me a sec. If it's not me adding dice together, I don't so know what it is. 7,500. 150. Uh, so 75... 100 would add 150 pounds, yes. 70, so 7,500 coins. Would add 150 pounds. That doesn't seem like a lot. I feel like, unless you've... You know, most people are trying to convert their coins. They're always trying to convert your coins to platinum, right? Yeah, Same always. Space. But I, I can definitely picture... A lot of players have about that much money. A lot of mid-level players have that much liquid cash. I can't tell you the last time I had a character carrying that much money. Really? Really. 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 Just coin? Really? Pure coin? No. I feel like your current group, liquid holdings on them, maybe not individuals, but you all have a all, combined All together, wealth. but what's our combined carrying capacity? 
think about this. Firecrouch's strength is 20. He can carry 300 pounds himself. That's insane, by the way. Yeah. That's like Andre the Giant walking around yeah. just carrying a person. It's the mountain from Game of Thrones. Just, yes. you know, His full playbill probably weighs 80 to 90 pounds. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So I feel like the bag of holding is explicitly designed to ignore a background. It is, it is there to help. It is there to make things simpler, which I think is the entire purpose of 5th edition in general. Streamline. Is to streamline and simplify. So let's jump to this next background rule. Food. Hunger. Food. Hunger. Yes. Rations. I, I, so this is the tough part. I, I agree. I think it's something that should be monitored, should be tracked. Um, you know, a lot of people will turn to say, oh, I've got an outlander in the group. They can find food mm-hmm. or I have a druid. They can find food. Mm-hmm. But I think you have to still take the time then to do so. And what kind of food? I mean, if you're sitting there eating rations all day, you're not living healthy. Scurvy. Yeah. You're, you're not going to be a healthy person if you do it for. A month and a half. Ten, ten days at a time because you have ten rations. Yeah. Ten days worth of rations. Yeah. So I think that it's something that should be kept up with, but I just don't. It's just not worth the time and effort to say, did you guys mark off your rations? Well, okay. This is the thinking I, I just had about this. Should these background rules, yes. carrying capacity, yes. weight, Go. Yep. be an opportunity to color, as always, the story more? Absolutely. Like, Okay, you have a ra- you have rations, or you found rations, or you more specifically, you have the skill to find rations. Tell me about it, right? Yeah. Or like, oh no, I don't have rations. I'm gonna go beg and borrow and steal food. Or what if you are a- an outlander who can find food, but you're in the Feywild? What do you find? Right. Or what kind of fun you, things to you? Or if you're a person yeah. has skill in cooking or something, like oh, you know what? I throw together. You're you're a chef as a profession or something. Bear yeah. and I skinned it and cut off a bear flank steak and made it into some stew like i think that that rule specifically could be a great opportunity like oh you know what my rations aren't just rations my rations are homemade cookies Mm -hmm. from my grandma that i have kept her recipe and i prepared 10 days worth of cookies at a time here's my question to you Mm -hmm. how much time in game do you really want to devote to that none that's the issue. I want the players to devote their time. No, to no. It. Okay, fine. So I say I'm an outlander. Mm-hmm. I am. I'm an outlander ranger. I want to go f- hunting for food. Yes. I use survival. What do I find? Big old dick in a box. Dick in a box. Perfect. I shoot it. I cut it off, and I eat it. Well. But no, let's, I, I find a boar. I find whatever. Fine. We have to have combat. It may go quickly, but we're gonna do it because okay. the boar might you're, kill me. Who you're knows? Not, you're not wrong, right? But I'm an outlander. I I roll survival or whatever. Oh yeah, guess what? This time, one out of a dozen times, you stumbled across something awesome. You went, you found some tracks in the woods. It looked mm-hmm. like deer tracks. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I'm walking mm-hmm. through the deer. You don't just come across a deer. You come across a unicorn. Unicorn, yeah. right? I feel like maybe not every time, maybe not every hundred times. Food could be a great way to to hook something interesting in. So to that extent, I would say it's one thing to say, what are you doing for food? Yes. I am foraging for food. Fine. And just let it go from there. And then maybe you roll something and you determine whether or not they found something fun. And if they didn't, you got food. But keeping track of, I have this kind of food, mm-hmm. I've got this jerky, I've got this potato, I've got this orange. Unless maybe that's a thing for your player, like a, like a t- trait or a feature. Or and again, and I think that's up to the player then. But as a DM, I wouldn't sit there and take the time to enforce it unless it con- 
contributed something to the character or to the story. Can the same be said for a carrying capacity? Is there a way, like, how are we solving carrying capacity in a way that could present an opportunity for a and d moment? I absolutely think so. I think there's a reason that there's characters I'm that I'm going to coin sh- that term D&D moment. Yes. I think there's a reason that there are strong characters and weak characters. Mm-hmm. I think there's a wizard that has an 8 that needs a Goliath with a 20 so that the Goliath can carry everything. Well, I feel like you always just need a dwarf in the party yeah. because they're not encumbered. Yeah, or, or you know, you know, but glass can carry double their because they're considered large creatures for carrying, mm-hmm. or furbolg is considered large for carrying mm-hmm. capacity. Having those big guys carry things—that's part of the story. That's part of the role play. But it this actually... so so having one thing that I've always had trouble justifying or explaining or DMing or whatever small creatures like a gnome carrying a greatsword. Look, you, it's it's within that's your carrying funny. capacity. How are you doing it? Or full plate mail? You're dragging it in the ground. You you just picked up a glass full plate mail. How are you doing that? Well, it's in my carrying capacity. Yeah, but how are you doing it? Just mm-hmm. that's where a situation where I just be like, explain how you're doing it. Because I'm not saying you can't do it. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I want you to tell me how so that when I tell all the villagers in town to look out for the halfling with a sword three times its body, they know Jingle what to look for. Behind yeah. But it, it's also a it also becomes a valuable piece of information for so and so has all the healing potions. Yeah. Because they have to carry all this shit. Absolutely. So-and-so has the bag of holding, which has all of our money. Oh, he got separated from the party. Well, We don't have fucking money. Yeah. Right? So I think I think enforcing, not necessarily enforcing carrying capacity, but like, oh, you're at 301.2 pounds. Not not a problem. But yes. how is the weight distributed? Exactly. I think it's, I think it wouldn't be a bad idea to just start each session. What are you carrying? Hey, who's got what? Who's got what? Who's got what? Who's got, who's got the... The animal figurines, right? The the onyx steed, or whatever. Yeah. Who's got the broom of flying? Who's got the bag of holding? Who's got the healing potions? You know. And unless you say otherwise, I'm gonna assume that what you said last time is mm-hmm. what you still have. Because mm-hmm. if, you know, uh, uh, how did it happen? It always happens in every live play session where whoever has the the carpet of flying gets it in an acid somehow. Yeah. You know, they always lose it. Yeah. To something. Yeah. And I feel like that's important. Oh, this per- these two people always one of them always had the bag of holding or the broom flying or the mm-hmm. or the or the what's the what's the um, the rope of climbing and they fucked up and we lost it. So it's important to know who's carrying what, if not necessarily how much they're carrying. Yes. Um, all right, let's talk about that last one that I put on there and see if we can come up with other stuff. Weather, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Weather's I as a storyteller, weather's big. I use it for. Definite effect. Mm-hmm. Like, I will have it raining in special circumstances. I, I it, Anytime that there is a change in weather, it is for a very specific purpose mm-hmm. in the story, not necessarily for just color. So, <coughs> excuse me. So, there's obviously the color part of it. But there are rules in, in the book, and we can talk separately about the validity of those rules, about truly inclement weather so for example mm-hmm. your party recently encountered a very 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 cold location yes and the rules for that were like every fucking round to roll a con save against 10 and if you failed you got a level of exhaustion it was that cold yeah that's punishing that is punishing mm-hmm. levels of cold that is going down to antarctic without being prepared yes it is every every two breaths you take is just painful and i think it actually makes sense um <coughs> because Normally, if you're just walking towards that, you're prepared for it. You yeah. get prepared for it. Yeah. But if you just teleport there without knowing, well, you knew. Which, well, we didn't know. You it was prepared, that. We you knew it was cold. It was a gate to you hell didn't know that it was in an Arctic that location, cold. so they prepared for the fire. 
not the ice. Yeah. So when you're just not prepared for it, though, it sucks. But it's part of the game. So there's other weather rules, right? Like visibility, Hurricanes, tornadoes, and yeah, wind. Exactly. Heat. Yeah. Fire, uh, firing ranged weapons into a hurricane. It, not gonna work not, so well. It, you know what? They tried it in Florida. They had to release that PSA: don't shoot the hurricanes because the bullets can come back. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, there you go. What your arrows? They come back. Yeah. Your arrows come back. You get hit in the face by your own arrow because you shot. So, at a but again, I That's think a hashtag goal. By the way, is to shoot an arrow at a hurricane dandy. No. Yes. Just an arrow returning. Yes, exactly. Um, but I think that it can be used to great effect. But I think that the DM should just be selective. Unless you live, maybe you live somewhere like you're in a rainforest, mm-hmm. and it's going to rain a lot. Then the characters have to get used to it. But Otherwise I think they're wet all the time. Yeah, and I think that you have to kind of set that expectation from the get-go as a DM. So another background rule. Yeah, the weather's probably the one that is when When I read this, with. I thought you actually meant like your background as, no. a, as a character that creates with you have your no, background. There's not, there's not very little rules around background. I mean no, but, rules that are in the background. No, but a lot of people don't really like live up to it. So, but that's another discussion, well, I suppose. Well, uh, the... No, I fucking forgot what I was going to say. Boop, 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 boop. That's gone now. Okay. No, it's not. Hold on. I'm going to get there. Baby, come back. You can put that question oh, on uh, me. Background rules. Yes. Specifically, the one that gets me all the time is speech. Go on. Language. Go on. You don't know a language, first of all. Uh-huh. Or the time it takes to talk, especially in combat. It's go a free on. action, right? Yes. How much talking do you get to do on your turn? Can you talk during other people's turns? So I, just in general, I will usually allow a sentence as a free action. Mm-hmm. And then the person that they are speaking to, the person that they're directly speaking to. Because I assume you're not just speaking to the entire group and the entire group shouting back an answer. <laughs> I assume that you are speaking directly <laughs> to a person. And then they can have a sentence back. Kind of like uh, the message cantrip almost. Right. So. And, but that's only if you can actually like see that person. Mm-hmm. If you have a, if you're not like, if you have your back turned to them, you can't just turn over your shoulder and ignore the guy fighting you in front of you. Right. You have to like, that. Well, that that's my question of enforcing the rules of it. Is combat is no place to have a conversation. No. That's why you have commanders that give orders. Right. Exactly. So how am I possibly supposed to maintain a a dialogue exchange? This isn't. This isn't kung fu movie where we're having an entire conversation the entire time maybe it is this is brutal medieval combat yeah for the most part yeah which leads me to another thing this always gets me say you know elven and abyssalon and in common and draconic Ooh. so someone else some some other player knows dwarven and inf- and ignan and whatever yes and there's a message and someone speaks to them in ignan yeah. Right. Am I every time as a DM gonna gonna text that person or whisper that person what they understood but you didn't? If if it like is like something like I don't come any closer or we'll kill you, you know, I would say no. I'd say keep that secret. Yeah. And let the PC decide what to do with the information. If it's something like attack men, you can just say that out loud. It's a difficult rule to enforce. I think is to keep people in the dark with information. Yes. It's incredibly challenging, especially when I just try to keep things moving. Yes. Right. And I think that's the core of this topic and why I brought up is how do you keep things moving but still enforce rules. relatively important rules. rules that are in the book. Right. They're they're there for a reason. 
but I feel like they should be used sparingly. Hours and hours and days and weeks went into playtesting every single rule. By by people, people that do this all the time. And us. And like, us. It could be a playtester. So, yes, I absolutely think that they should be enforced, but I think that it's all about the party, the DM, who's playing, what the style of play is, and I think it's at the DM's discretion whether or not they should be enforced. I agree with you in that maybe every DM once in a while should try out enforcing one of these things and see how it works. Yeah. Like, oh, is this something that my players are into? To be like, you know what, guys? It's fucking hot as balls here. I need you all to roll contest. Absolutely. And they're like, what? Like, yeah, man. You didn't You didn't come prepared. You walked into the Sahara Desert. Yeah. You. You. you there's no water. What are you doing? Right. Exactly. You need to survive this. Great. I think let's go ahead and take five right there, and we will be right back. All right. And we're back. So I feel like. Dancing? A woman? Why do shitty weapons exist in the game? <laughs> to that exact question, I ask. Why are there so few weapons in the game? There used to be fun weapons. There used to be gnome hooked hammers. And there used to be orc double axes. Oh, and there used to be crazy yes. exotic weapons that yes. were fun as hell to use. Like, why is there a glaive? Why is there a glaive? And there, there's uh, a glaive and a halberd. Right. Like, I get that they're different technically, but they're the same. Right. They exactly. do a D10 of slashing. They're both heavy reach weapons. You know what? I think more people should be using a lance. Oh, no, uh, you have to be mounted to use lance. Yes, you have to be mounted. Dumb. Um, but I think more people should use reach weapons. I agree. And I, I tried to make one, but it turned out to be exactly okay, the same right as another character. Why is there a pike? 1D10? Piercing. 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 So if you want to oh, be a reach character, yes. you have the pike instead of the halberd or the, the glaive. It's so... All right, anyways. Yeah. Let's go ahead and pick a topic for our second half of the show Oh, it's your turn. Oh, shit. Okay. We shouldn't always give me a second. Here. I should have a dog. Come on. That's not it. What is it? Feats. Why do they Should suck? Should you take them? Why do they suck? Oh, wow. All right. Oh, I feel like we need more time We're going to need 14 hours for oh, this. Oh, sweet baby Pull up some feats Jeebus. you want to talk about. I'm not going to pull any up off the top of my no, head. No, so, okay. Let's just start first. Well, wait, wait. Let's mention one thing first. Go. Feats. Should you begin take? with. And feats you acquire through ability score improvements. Okay. So, like, I'm a variant human. I get a feat kind of thing. Oh, yes. So, okay. like, you have you can, you can start with a feat. Wait, don't regular humans get a feat? No. Oh, fuck. They get plus one to all their shit and the skill, proficiency, Oh, and third language. edition humans just got a feat. Yes, third, 3.5. You got that feat, baby. So, there was, so there's really there's, yeah. two, <laughs> there's two places you get a feat, right? One is at the beginning if you're a variant human. One is ability score improvement. Feat. Yes. Um, so... Is there a time and a place for feats? There's a time and a place for everything. Uh, Including PvP? Mm. But yes, uh, (laughs) I I would say that feats can be very helpful. Not always, not for everyone, (laughs) but certain characters and certain builds can greatly benefit from feats. I think the best example that I can give is any kind of exclusively ranged weapon using character taking sharpshooter 
I, I it, it, ha- it has it. You have to. That, you have you to have do that. You have to have 100% it. of the time, every time, if you are a primary ranged. If you, you, you are a crossbow to. user or a bow user, you have to, have to, have to, have sharpshooter. Yeah, I can't dispute that. Full stop, period. We're done with yeah. that conversation. Yeah. That's over. Even if you are... Even if you are a spellcaster who's maybe... You know, if you're spell, that's why they have spell sniper. You need that. You need yeah. the ver- You need the spellcaster version. Unless you are a spellcaster that uses all like mind controlling abilities mm-hmm, or correct. area of effect, then you don't need it. If you are essentially, if you're an evocation person, yeah, you're shooting stuff. Yeah, but yeah, if you are a a warlock, you definitely should have spell sniper. Spell sniper gives you a cantrip. Yeah. What? You the one that uses an attack roll. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, very much so. All right, so that's obvious. That's that's the most so, yes. obvious thing we can Let, possibly talk so, about. So ones that I have found in my so far career yes. beneficial. Sharpshooter, obviously. Uh, Warcaster for any kind of cleric. Cleric should definitely have the Warcaster feed. That gives you advantage on the con saving throws. And you can have weapons and shields and still and cast you spells. Don't, yes, exactly. So you can just sit there, not have to worry about putting your shit away, casting a spell, picking very it back up. Very valuable for a paladin, for a pa- cleric. I'd say cleric more so because paladins usually just burn their Elder spells. Knight. Or multi a multi classer Eldritch Knights, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Uh, so any kind of multi warcaster, easy. Uh, so yeah, um, alert is really good. I th- I, th- I think it has a place. Remind I think our listeners ha- what alert is. So alert, you get plus five to your initiative. You can't be surprised, and while you're conscious, and creatures don't gain advantage on attack rolls against you as for being unseen. So invisible creatures don't automatically get advantage against you because you're alert. But that plus five to initiative, if you're something like an assassin. Who, if you act first in combat, you have advantage on your attacks. That's so, very beneficial. Wait, I have a, I have a rules question. I have a rules Other creatures don't gain advantage on attack rolls against you as a result of, of being, being unseen. Hit. It says unseen, unseen on by D&D you. Beyond? Yes. So it says hidden from you ah, in the book. It says unseen. Okay, so they clarified so on diff- D&D Beyond. Yeah. Because yeah. hidden different, didn't mean Much different, yes. Right, that is not the same thing. So, okay. all right, all and right. I think that could be like a DM decision. I would agree with the updated rule version there. Okay. All right. So that that's pretty specific. Now. Let's use alert as a base. Go. Alert yeah. is I, our... Alert, very specific. I'd say maybe two to three builds truly benefit from it. Right, exactly. If I reach level four... Yes. And I'm like, ooh, shit, I could take that the, 17 the, con to an 18. Or, or level four feet. Level four feet. I'm going to so, take that con. No, I, or I would take a feat that gives me the con and something else, but because I wouldn't take alert. Because an ability score improvement is two points in two different yeah. feats. So if Wait, I only need... Can you get in two and one score? Yes. Yeah, you get two and one score or one in two different scores. Yeah. Or, again, you, there's feats for every kind of ability. So you could find a feat if you just need one. If you literally just need that one point to get you where you want to go, mm-hmm. then you can just take a feat that gets you there. So I feel like there's a lot of feats on here that are oh. not worth two ability oh my. score points. There are so many bad feats. You know, so many bad feats. A, a dungeon delver, for example. It's dungeon delver. Inspiring ah. leader. It's not great. It's not great. No, uh, some people swear by things like great weapon master. Uh, swear by lucky. Great weapon master, I think, is beneficial, especially if you're a fighter. You have all those extra ability score improvements throughout your leveling. Great weapon master is essentially sharpshooter, but with a great weapon. So. It's understandable you take it. Here's a feat that no one ever uses. Healer. Healer. I just read through that again. It's good. Why aren't we taking healer more? I would say because if you are an actual healer, if Mm -hmm. you are somebody that heals people. You got the spells. You have the spells, and it's much better to have warcaster than healer. However, healer 
doesn't require the spell uses. No, it doesn't. And there's no it, cantrip to stabilize. It requires so medkit uses. Not when you use the healer kit to stabilize. No, not stabilize, but if you want to regain hit points. Well, the stabilization, they regain one hit point. I, I, I don't think it'd be worth two ability score. All right, so is there a diminishing return on ability score improvements where it's always right to take a feat? Say level 16. Level 16 shows up. Here I am. I'm, I am a golden god. I could take one more wisdom and one more dex because I'm a monk in this situation. Yeah. Or I could take, I have no idea, um, something. The charger there. feet. No, that's, that's the worst decision possible. That's I could take mobile and increase my speed by 10 feet. Yeah, so you're super fast. And I like mobile because actually when you attack someone, they can attack you with an opportunity attack, which is quite nice. Yes. It, so the, the second part of mobile doesn't matter for a monk. But the that's a great example. I'm level 16. Do I do I want the extra dex insta or wisdom right, or do I already have everything I'm going to need? I can't increase it past twenty anyways, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So maybe that gets to a point where I have my two primary stats at twenty, and my ability score improvements won't matter. I think that a monk is probably the one class that I can think of off the top of my head that I would never need to take a feat for because it's built in. Yeah. What about a wizard? Well, besides spell cat, as a spell sniper, mm-hmm. maybe depending on what kind of wizard mm-hmm. you are. Or if you are a melee wizard, which we've discussed it's in a different do situation. Um, but that would be a warcaster situation. Mm-hmm. Then. Um, but aside from that... But look, if you look at a wizard's ability breakdown, it's it's bleak. Yeah, You get some stuff from your specialization, but your, your chart with all your stuff on it, your table, is bleak. Feats could really spice it up. Uh, again, Spicy. It, feats... I think have a purpose, but it's entirely dependent on your build. I think it it, it oh, so so very much matters what kind of character you are, because there are definitely feats that help, and then there's feats like skilled. You gain <laughs> proficiency in three skills or tools of your choice. Hey, you know I'm what? level sixteen. You know what? Skill. Now. Persuasion. There is a uh, brewer's kit that you can gain. There it is. In. I need, I need, I need, I need to, beer. to be able to, to make, make beer. beer and then sell it with persuasion. All right. Okay. Ready? Go. Feats. Feats. Not for the min-maxer. Again, I think it depends on the build. I think that there are definitely characters that could benefit from, like, and again, any archer. Min Max would definitely have sharpshooter. Didn't your recent character Firecrash take linguist? Yeah, that was just for fun. I wanted to learn <laughs> dwarven. So yeah, that really served no purpose right. whatsoever. Aren't, aren't a lot of these feats savage attacker, right? It's that's not for the guy who's like, oh, I'm trying to do the best thing for me possible. I'm trying to think of thing that I'm gonna have fun with. It, again, it has it has a purpose. It's I'm just gonna take very, skilled, very specific purpose. Because I want to have masonry skills. I want to have brewer skills. Yeah. I want to have glass. So if skills. you're if you're RPing, there's definitely stuff that is not good that maybe you take like tavern brawler. It's not the best. It's not bad. You get improvised weapon usage. You can grapple and attack. You can become a level one monk. It, it's yeah you kind of become a level one monk you know so it every feat except for skilled Shit. has yeah. a purpose Does it's just it? a very unique purpose there's some of them obviously are better than others i think we can just yes plane out some shield master so good shield master so, so good. good did we proficient with medium armor for that 
Oh, well, you have to be able to wield a shield, so... You use shields, not just for protection. Oh, and medium armor proficiency gives you shield proficiency. Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. Because, like, as a warlock, some people have shield proficiency. Yes. Takes some time. Yes. So if you're going for a specific route, there are feet combos that work out for work interesting well. stuff, yes, right? Yes, very much so. If, uh, so let's talk about the variant human. Variant human. Level one. Level one. I get one in two different scores. I get a skill, and I get a feat. Boom. What's that feat? Uh, well, if you're a human, you could be anything. Yeah. Except a druid, really. That's yeah. So, <laughs> so again, this all goes back to what you're building. But uh, let's you know just what? a human is the best druid. I'm just realizing that right now. Just regular, regular human, not variant human. Both. Like I feel humans are probably the best druids. Side note: Fight me. I'd say a re- I could agree with a regular human, but you'd have to level fast enough to not die before you hit arch druid. Because your stat <laughs> spread is so f- spread is yeah. so diverse. You need dex. You need wisdom. You need con. A little charisma doesn't hurt. Right. Stats spread. It's best for druids. Okay. Hashtag human druids are best. Make it make it happen, people. Well, I mean, that's like being the sharpest tool on the short bus. So That was dumb. What you just, just said. saying. All right. So as a level one human, do you take the variant human? Like nine times a day. What, 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 what stats did I roll? <laughs> like, do I need plus one on everything? Stock stats. Stock stats. Stock stats, uh, I would be taking plus one in everything. With I stock think stats. I'm taking the variant human almost every but time. Feet. It doesn't matter. It does matter. No. It does. Because I want the feet. But but what feet? Okay, out- what feet helps you at level nope. one? Nope. Wrong argument. Outside of the druid, what fucking class needs plus one in all of your stats? What class doesn't benefit from plus one to all your stats? That's not the argument. I'm that, saying that's my exact the, argument. No, I think every class benefits from plus one to all your stats. I would say every character benefits from plus one to all your stats. I could find every time I could find a feat. So it doesn't matter what class. I from a druid. Doesn't matter what Go. class it is. I could find a feat better than getting plus one and two or three stats. That I don't need. I'm not proficient. I would in say I would disagree. Level one. This is even. This is even level. This is pre-level one. This is level 0.5. Yeah. This is baby level. Yeah. Baby metal. And I'd say take everything you can at that level. It doesn't get, matter. Get those attributes. It doesn't matter. Then, then why don't people take feats at level four? Why do you take the attribute bonus? Because, because it matters. You don't, it's not, because it, the choice is not plus one in a bunch of shit that you don't need. It's plus one in two things that you get to pick that you need. Mm. If, if a human said instead it's plus two to two stats. But again, what feet are you taking it doesn't matter i could find a great feat for any human okay wait name a class that only needs two stats barbarian what two stats uh it's this is called a um barbarian rogue multi-class you need dexterity and constitution that's it because you recklessly sneak attack (laughs) with a (laughs) finesse weapon the brogue yeah Yes, this yes. Is, yes but but what does a class that requires two stats? A rogue. Rogue? What stats? Dexterity and either constitution or charisma, your choice. Depends what kind of rogue you are. What about intelligence? Intelligence is your saving throw. Dex intelligence. Yeah, but you're not making intelligence saving throws. Not often. Because you're unseen, because you're the assassin. Well no, just because there's not many things that require right, intelligence exactly. saving throws. What? I don't need. But my point is that usually usually Oh, we're going long on this. You're going to need Three attributes at the start that you get. That's another reason that the half elf was the best because you get three stat boosts no at the one beginning. Knows, like, anyway, about your anyway, anyway, 
half elves are awesome. But most classes that I can think of off the top of my head would benefit from three different stat boosts. I think most classes could find a feat that they would benefit from. I am a rogue. What's my feat? Lucky. Lucky? Yeah. Oh, wow. Done. Now you, now Done. You just, I just fucking just murdered digging. you. Now you're just I, digging. I crushed you just now. Lucky. I'm going to scrape you up. Yeah, unless you're floor. actually not lucky in real life. Oh, yeah, no. I played the Dark Souls board game the other day by myself. I was rolling four dodge dice. I would still you come failed. up empty all the time. Yeah. So if you're naturally unlucky in real life, the lucky fate angle will help you. All right, we have, we're not going to resolve this because we clearly are We clearly differ on this. Here. So I think we should turn it to the listeners. Please, please, please tell us tell us a reason why. Why are barbarian humans best? I was just going to say why a feat would be good at level one. And if you would take the attribute bonus across the board, or if you would take that feat. Yeah, varying human versus human. Yeah. In a vacuum, which one's better? Yes. All right. Or if you have a feat that you love that you know at level eight, I always take this feat. At level 12, I always take this feat. You know, if you have a feat that you love, I want to know about you it. You just upset some people who take skilled. If if somebody out there takes skilled and you can provide me the reason, I would love to hear I'll about it. Give you a dollar. I, I, I will dollar. Venmo you a single dollar <laughs> if you can prove to me that skilled is ever worth taking. There right. it is. Challenge out there, internet. Venmo Do you your thing. All right, that's it for this episode. As usual, we've definitely solved nothing. Absolutely not. Learned very little, if anything at all. Um, make sure to subscribe, rate the show on iTunes, follow us on uh, the Twitter at RWD Podcast, and always feel free to send us topics you want to hear about or your D&D rants at rwdpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and we'll see you next time. Till then.